Oh, hello, and welcome to Drinking During Business Hours, Season 2. Thank you so very much for tuning in, and we really appreciate everyone who has already tuned into Season 1, and we're very appreciative of your loyalty and sustained interest, and if you're a first-time listener, welcome. We're a show that interviews interesting, compelling, and prolific artists from all over the world, and we talk about their passions and their journey while indulging in a great bottle of wine. And to kick off season two, we, we decided to change it up a little and go to Paris. And we found this really kind of edgy and amazing poet, rapper, author, and producer named Malik Amir Crumpler. And Malik is a quintessential expat, originally from the States, now performing some very edgy entertainment in Paris. And I really enjoyed this interview. This particular episode is sponsored by Massanoi Imports. Massanoi Imports, they're, they're our sponsor for the show. And they're in the U.S. only, so we had to find, we kind of had to search outside the box and, and find a wine to drink during this interview because we were in Paris and we found this really beautiful Cote d'Alene for about six bucks a bottle. <laughs> it was fantastic. So thank you for tuning in, and here's our interview with Malik. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. This is fun already. Good, good. Autumn in Paris. And you're, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we know each other through someone whom I really consider one of my greatest, bestest friends, and I've never met him in person. <laughs> 21st century problems. It is. It, it is. It's like, it's, it's a little crazy, but uh, Christian Needen. Yeah. Um, and uh, he referred me to you, and I said, hey, we're looking for... Um, the, the log line of the show is creative artists, uh, who are doing cool shit. Okay. You know? And, mm -hmm. and he's like, I got the guy for you. <laughs> <laughs> and then I looked you up. I Googled you. Your, your profile is amazing. Oh, okay. And, and you're beyond, I mean, beyond intriguing. Okay. So thanks. poet, rapper. Uh -huh. I, I, and and maybe you'll perform for us. Wow. Uh, maybe I don't want to put you on the spot, wow. but <laughs> uh, how did it start? So you're from the Bay. Yeah, from Oakland. Cal Oakland, California. Yeah, in the old Oakland. And because uh, that new Oakland is not the Oakland I'm it's from. It's not. That's new not Lord. okay. Mm -mm. See, I don't know enough about Oakland to be able to differentiate between the two. I didn't oh. really. I haven't really spent a lot of time. So how would? How did it used to be, and how is it now? Um, on, on the first level, it's no longer violent, at least from what I've seen. I guess there's people that could disagree with that, but it's not violent. And it's clean. It's clean now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's a lot more um, restaurants with $7 coffee. Okay. <laughs> and there's not as many record stores. It's not as many places to perform. You know, the typical... So uh, good and bad. Is yeah. it good? So probably good that it's clean. Good That's that it's good less that violent. It's violent. But bad that the is coffee's better. so expensive. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's, there's more cars. Right. <laughs> in the, in the eco-friendly place, there's more cars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it kind of, yeah, doesn't really make a lot of sense. Because they well, are... Well, it's a so paradox. Like, Everything's right, a paradox. Right, everything's a paradox. Right, it's, you know, whatever. So you left that paradox infested land and you went to New York. Uh, Talk about <laughs> with New York. Well, you know, they, they at least they say what they are. Yeah, that's facts. New York was, you know, when I got there, it was 
full of places for artists to perform and full of artists that can make a living working a day job and still, you know, do their art. Now, in Oakland, you could not do that? Oh, yeah, you could. Definitely. Okay. Oakland was open and it was gigs all the time. I used to perform all the time in Oakland every day for I mean, years. So how did you, did the poetry come first? Mm, no, I was rapping first. Okay, you were rapping first. And then that led to keyboards. Like I used to play in bands. Okay. And then the poetry came. And I mean, I was doing poetry too, but I wasn't like out performing all the time. I read a rather poetic comparative on your website or on one of your websites. There's a lot of stuff going on <laughs> when I looked you up. I, but rap and poetry are synergic disciplines. Uh-huh. I love that. Uh-huh. I really, really love that. And I had to think about that. And yeah. I, I would see where that it? would be. I mean, I had to think about it because it's not, you know, um, you know, you know, because rap to me, I, I guess, you know, uh, you rap never rap. Music, I never rapped. No, what? I'm a fan of it. I'm a fan of it. Uh, I guess I just never really thought of it. Oh, okay. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of poetry. Uh, and I'm a, I'm a huge fan of rap. But you didn't like freestyle with your friends? No, nah, maybe I should try. Wow. I'm not, you know, that'd be, you know what? I should do that at my next stand-up show. <laughs> because inevitably, that will get a lot of laughter. It's, it, it, my best material is always when I'm not trying to be funny. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's everybody, though. That's everybody. So I should do it. Thank yeah. you for the inspiration and the idea. Yeah. So it just kind of, did it naturally fall in place then? Yep. The rap, you know, because yeah, you were yeah, rapping and work. from the poetry, it was just like, well, it was there. Because the only thing you had to do was stop the uh, raps from rhyming and it became poetry. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, that's a gig. But yeah. at the time, rappers and poets were uh, closer together than they are now. Or maybe they are getting closer together again because of Harvard and, you know, bringing rap into academia and stuff like that. Yeah. Back then, you know, it was a distinct... And then the 90s and early 2000s, there were poets and there were rappers. And then there were slam poets. And I, you know. Who were your influences uh, with rapping? Like, how did you start with rap? And, oh, and in the early 80s. In the early 80s. Mm-hmm. I, was the, I was the, I don't know if you remember, but there used to be like little kids who would mm-hmm. break dance or freestyle around yeah, the bigger kids. Yeah, that was hot. Uh, yeah. So well, I was that little kid. You were that 80s. little kid. Uh, I, mean, I was obsessed with like Melly Mel, mm-hmm. Curtis Blow, Too yeah. Short. Now, were you breakdancing too? No, of course. Yeah. Yeah, there was yeah, nothing else were, to do. Yeah, okay, so you were the little kid breakdancing. Yeah, because your older brothers and cousins, they, you know, they would be doing something. You got to play the game. It was like a yeah. game back then. God, Nobody was making money. Were you, you, were you spinning on your head and shit? I couldn't do it. My cousins could do it, some of them. But it's like, you know, your mom's like, you'll break your neck. Don't ever let me see you spinning on your head. Da, 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 da. So it was like, if you want to spin on your head, it's suicide in my house. Mm-hmm. So, you know. But yeah, we, we used to just do it as a game. Oh, man. Uh, and poetry was the same way. Nobody, yeah, nobody thought anything was going to happen. There was no famous rappers. You remember the 80s? Who was, who was famous? Yeah. Run DMC? Yeah, Run DMC. Right? Because when did the Tupac Biggie shit start? The late 90s? Okay. Mid 90s? Mid 90s, I think, right. yeah. And even then, it was like, oh, they're making money. And Snoop and all that. Yeah, they were making money. But then you, you, they get interviewed, you find out they're not making money. They're yeah, broke yeah. as hell. Well, getting... we know about that, right? <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, I've, you know, I, I live in Los Angeles and <laughs> I have never met so many broke celebrities in my life. I mean, like celebrities Facts. that like, don't have a pot to piss Facts. on. Facts. Yeah. 
facts. Yes. Yeah, or they have that pot and they eat out they, of it yeah. and drink out of it too. And they say, oh, but I have the best cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's real. Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah that was inspiration. And then comedians were inspiration. I was obsessed with comedians really? as a kid. Yeah. Oh, okay. Remember Eddie Murphy was huge. Oh my God. George Carlin was huge. Yeah, of course. Yes. Remember Robin Williams was huge. Mm-hmm. Comedians were everywhere. Mm-hmm. And the timing and the rhythm was outrageous. And Richard Pryor was God. And Dick Gregory and George Carlin. Yeah, yeah. It's like gods. They, we had the gods. What, were, what was my man? Um, uh, anyway, it was just everywhere. You remind me of Richard Pryor a little bit. That's because we used to study him to death. You remind me of him That's a little. Nice. I got that downstairs in the lobby. That's nice. Yeah. That's very nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but we used to study him like... You, you know, a, a couple of poets, because poets who are honest with themselves know that comedians are doing the best poetry. Because mm-hmm. instead of just talking, they're making people laugh. They're bringing people into a world, you know. It's a dance, for yeah, sure. It's a dance. Yeah, it's a language and, dance. And I, uh, I have a new thing where I'm actually practicing my sets with a metronome. To get that rhythm. Yeah. You um, shouldn't have gave that away. That's that secret sauce. Oh, all right. Maybe we'll edit that out, Jason. No, but you know. <laughs> I just started doing it, and I came up with it on my own. I was—I don't know if anybody else does it, but it makes sense to me. That's, yes, music. That's how I—that's how I practiced music as a kid, you know, to get the beat. Yeah. Like, you know, so. Were, were you used to singing, or were you? I played like, the piano. I was a classical, you know. I the, was forced to play classical piano. <laughs> yeah. I didn't appreciate it at the time, but now I do. I'm really grateful, but because it seeps in other things. I you think do. so. Yeah. So obviously, so is you it... just said you're on the metronome. Yeah, I'm on the metronome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So not methadone, but metronome. Not methadone. Yeah. <laughs> metronome. See, there's metadone. the rapper. That, that that might be later. That might be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then it seeps into methadone. Okay, so. Maybe I should try rap. That's gonna be disaster. No, there was a woman at this read. We were this is reading Angora uh, poets. This woman came and we thought she was gonna read poems. And she put on her hat, this little glittery rhinestone hat, and rapped. And we were like, "What is going on?" She was oh, like God. seventy. She oh, probably, that's I'm not amazing. 70. But she did this hilarious rap, and we were dying. Was Everybody she white or black? Like, She's white lady, old white lady. Really, an old yeah. white lady? Oh Damn yeah, it. and her and her flow was like 1983. I so love it. So it was, you know. That's kind of brilliant. Yeah, you could get away with it. So you were rapping, and then you decided that you wanted to move to New York to continue rap at the time. Well, it's funny. The, um, I like I'm. I dealt with a lot of failure, right, and turning lemons into lemonade or whatever. So I got I got set on fire keep with the Richard Pryor theme. I got set on fire at a barbecue and- Jesus Christ. Oh no, right? I accidentally set myself on fire. I thought that it was, this was like a parody of something. <laughs> I thought it was like a, like a, like a metaphor. No, it's uh, serious. Like, it's serious. So when I was recovering from being burnt up, one of my friends from New York was in town. And before I got burnt up, I did a gig performing and he came over and was like, when you heal up, you should come to New York and be in my band. And I was like, that's perfect, because I'm just sitting in bed watching Richard Pryor movies and Fellini Where'd all day. Where'd you get burned? On my leg, from like my foot up to my uh, waist. Was it an accident? Yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure by the way it was. You're no, like, I mean, I Richard Pryor wasn't an like, accident. Oh, that's the thing. But... You had some enemies. So... No, I know. So... 
but that, oh, that's really awful. But at the same time, you know, you were forced to, yeah. you didn't have anything to do. So yeah. you, yeah, you, you said you lay in bed and you deal I with mean, your denial. Yeah. And then you go, okay, I need to move. And so then luckily someone says move. But, oh, he didn't say move. He wanted me to just come out and do some gigs. So mm-hmm. I did the gigs. So you came out that, to Brooklyn. Uh, it was Brooklyn, no? No, nah, it was oh. Harlem. Oh, Harlem, okay. And we were gigging in like the Lower East Side and all around doing Prince covers. We were which, Prince cover Which band. is now all highfalutin Harlem. Oh, yeah. Talk Without about, ch- talk about change, so I'll, you know? I'll tell you about that later. <laughs> but we, we were doing Prince covers. Okay. So I was acting like Prince. Awesome. And then I came back to the Bay and was with my band out there and then we broke up and moved to New York. But the band didn't work, like everything. You know, you go at it hard and then, you know, boom. So is that when you said you've dealt with a lot of failure, is that one of your stories? Mm-hmm. But the, the thing was, so you know how New York is, you do your art and then you have your day gig. So I went into the day gig and then I didn't perform for like six, seven years. What was your day gig? Bookstore. A book. Oh, <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh yeah, oh, I'm yeah. obsessed with books. Oh yeah, I'm obsessed with bookstores. Oh yeah, I, I don't know if they like in another life. What the fuck was up? You might have been an archivist. <laughs> well, this is the thing. It's crazy. This is the thing. The bookstores were great because you're right there with all the information you could ever want. And uh, you study. The smell of it. Just like, yeah, just the want to stay there all day. Until those people from Fifth Avenue who live, <laughs> who live in Union Square come in the store. Oh, no. That was the big thing with the store. It was like tons of very interesting New York characters every day. So that also, you're Changing still, the you're, smell. Changing the smell. Yeah. That beautiful smell that yeah, we yeah. love. That nostalgic, yeah. you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, smell of chapters. Yeah. And then, and, 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 yeah. And so you didn't perform for seven years. Yeah, I just set up and read books. And you just read books. But you perform at work. Yeah, that's, I would imagine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. talking about audience, that's your, uh-huh. your audience. You get to practice every day on people who literally don't care one bit about you. So kind of give an example of how you would perform at work. Would you like Well, start? first of all, you know how your day job is. It's a cloak. Yeah. yeah. So you have to come in there no matter how you are and be professional. So you, um, that's the first part of acting. Right. And then you get those customers who drive you crazy, who you would never talk to in real life right. at all. But, but you, you have, have to. to. You have to act like you, and yeah, you have to do what they want like you, you to. Ooh, you got to be a subservient uh, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it, it. Teaches you performance and convincing and persuasive performance because you also have to sell the book to them. Most people don't really want to buy a book. Really, you know? they just want to read it and leave. Yeah. After or paraphrase. Like, look, I worked there ten years, and what I figured out was that the only way people really buy things is when you give them an experience that makes them want to have an item of the experience. Mm. You know, because there's a lot of people who come in want to buy a book and uh, or not want to buy a book, and the conversation you have with them, they find, yeah, let me get this. You know what I mean? It's like, um, or they say, I don't know what I want. Then what are you doing here? That's the, your real self. What the hell are you doing here if you yeah. don't know what you want, right? Yeah. So then you go, well, what do you like? What was the last book you read that really, you know, got you? <laughs> you want to try some new stuff? <laughs> All this stuff. And then you wind up interrogating this person, figuring out what they want, and then getting it for them. And then they never want what you give them, so you got to give them a bunch of choices. You know? This would make a great script. Have you written, I know you've yeah, written Yeah, I've, I've written stories about I, it. 
Okay, I would yeah. imagine. Because then you go to me, if you get in management, it's a wrap. Because then that's on the floor, and then upstairs, it's a whole other situation. It's a whole other situation upstairs. Then there's a, it depends on if you're at the Strand. What was yeah. the bookstore? Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble. On 18th and 5th. Yeah, I know it. Been there a lot. I used hey. to go to bookstores to get warm in the wintertime. Boom, that's I what would, everybody used to Because I was do. so broke. Yeah. And then people would use the restrooms. That was another oh, thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. you have to figure out how to deal with the person who's been taking a shower in the restroom oh, sink. Oh shit! Oh man. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's all that stuff. How do you how do you manage uh, personalities? And then it comes back into audience. You know. <laughs> so that seven year break that you took, well, somewhat of a break of the actual being a performer. Yeah, no, there was no stage. Re- understanding that you were still, you know, performing yeah. in the bookstore and developing yourself. <laughs> But so what made you make that leap again? And, and what was the, the category? Was that poetry or rap or both? Well, the funny thing is that whole time um, the, we were making albums. So it was like the band broke up. Okay. But we would make albums. But the albums didn't do anything. So we used to give them out. But um, what made the leap? Honestly, was one of my friends, I was shelving books and one of my friend's books was on the shelf. I had to shelve my friend's book. I was furious. The jealousy was insane. Because, oh. you know, when you're not gigging, yeah. oh, you're I jealous know. of everyone who's gigging. Shit, yes, I am. Uh. That was ultimately what got, God, we have a very yeah. similar story. That was, yeah. ulti- I got jealous of someone yeah. and that's what made me do the leap. Yeah. Yeah. And all my friends were still in the uh, music industry or in the writing industry or in the performing arts industry. And so they come to the store and we get coffee. They tell me about gig. What are you doing? Uh, I just set up the poetry section. I rearranged <laughs> it in a way that you could, you know what I mean? <laughs> and in your head, you know, you're, you're sitting up here acting like, oh, I'm actually doing things. You know? <laughs> I've got my rent every month, though, whereas oh, they're, man. you know, complaining about the gigs not uh, paying or they don't have gigs this week. So, you know. Now you have your MFA in writing from the University of Long Island. Mm-hmm. So did, was that going on at this time, no, or that no, was later? No, no, no. That was I, when you okay. I went back to school when the uh, bookstore closed. Okay. Because the bookstore closed down one they day. They all closed, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's like there was a there was a stream it's, thanks to Jeff Bezos and Amazon was just knocking Barnes and Nobles out after they knocked out Borders. And so when I lost yeah. the job, it's like, what the hell am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to pay this rent? Yeah. Because <laughs> remember the rent was going up like crazy. Yeah, of course. Yeah, right. that's. When you could, I remember those days when you could barely afford to still live in the city. Yeah, you get you know? to. Yeah, when I got to New York, the rent was nine hundred. Yeah. By the time I left, my rent was twenty one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What happened? And like a closet. I remember my shower was in my kitchen. <laughs> I swear to God, and it was a five floor walk up, yeah. and the bath the bathroom didn't have a sink. It was just a bathroom. And it was like on a throne. Yeah. It was like you. It was just. And you were supposed to feel like royal. Pre, pre, I guess, and I did. The queen did. of poverty. And the, the queen of poverty. Because <laughs> I had the five floor walk up. Oh man. And I had the restroom right next to the kitchen too. But yeah, the, she got one of my friends published her book, and then it was like, oh, okay, that was it. I'm You're losing. Like, okay, I'm at this, this point. I'm like, what is she doing? Yeah. And then I was like, I'm gonna write my book. So then I wrote my book, and no one cared. And then one a uh, woman I met who was a curator of galleries downtown was like, you should do a reading. I want you to do a reading. And I was like, thank you, Lord. Gonna perform again officially. Yeah, and then she gave yeah. me a reading. And that and it was had been it. a long time. Yeah, it had been six or seven years. Mm-hmm. How'd it feel? 
Oh, it was fun as hell. I bet. Because then, you know, you finally not, it's not work anymore. You're not at the job performing, like all that denial. I perform every day at my job, though, yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm, you know. Right, right. No, it's like a little bit of a tiger in a cage, no? Oh, yeah. That's the Cat Williams. It's literally the Cat Williams okay. joke with the, the lion and the thing. Like, yeah. do they know I'm a lion? Oh, I don't know that. I don't, I don't oh, know that. Oh, you collapse. Okay. You collapse. I'm not familiar with Cat Williams' uh, work as well. I don't yeah. know why I that, should. That period? The early period, okay. was, that was fierce. That was, he did that joke about the uh, lion in the cage that attacked those people in San Francisco. Mm. How did that work out for him? Oh, it was great because okay, he, he moved it away from the attack and more so to, well, what is a lion in a cage yeah. in the first place? Yeah. He a lion, the lion yeah. going to be a lion. Right. So, yeah, it was like that. Depending on uh, delivery, the reason I asked that question is because Jason and I were debating on sensitivities and politics oh, and yeah. what's the fine line, and oh, uh, you yeah. know, because he, he went way I, over I wanted, the line. Yeah, but I think that you have to. Yeah, he did, and it worked. Yeah, it, it, yeah. But if it's done correctly, right. then it then it's right, then it, it will work. If it's if it's right. not done correctly, it's gonna really come back in your face. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, comedians can do that poets often fail at is being able to come up to the line, cross it, and mm -hmm. give you some real wisdom about the situation. You get a poet who does something political, it's usually like, oh God, not this political poetry again. You know, it's like the way comedians know how to shape it better. Yeah. Well, thanks. No, I don't know. No, it's true. <laughs> no I don't it's know. True. It's true. No, maybe, I mean. I, I do like political poetry sometimes, though. It's yeah, funny. it's it's hard to get. It gives good. me chills. Yeah, yeah. Just, you're talking about good political poetry. I just want to like do like burpees or some shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate burpees, so <laughs> you know, like when it's really good. Yeah. You're just, you know, but for every good up. poem, there's like a million yeah. awful ones on the same topic. You know. So so the political reading. Poem. What was the reading? Which one? The, the oh, it was from my one. book. So it's from your book. Yeah, she gave me a solo read, and I was like, "Wow!" Because you you've you've written several books, no? Mm-hmm. And the first one, the first one, she gave me the reading. It was a book of poetry. Yeah, it was poems and raps and stuff. And and where was the reading? In the East Village. And, ooh. So I felt like you know what I mean. Ooh. I was like, okay, because I mean, well, right back to the thing. I was obsessed with New York poets, the language poets coming up in the beat poets so and and who give us some Bob examples. Kaufman okay uh, Corso Diane De Palma the Prima I haven't said her name in a while mm. uh, Ann Waldman Lewis Warsh Lewis Zakowski mm -hmm. Zakowski it's all that New York stuff okay. I was heavy on that mm -hmm. and you know it's kind of the programming you get in the Bay Area because I used to hang in North Beach a lot when the poetry readings first started it was in San Francisco in Oakland, and we were all trying to be, you know, the beat poets, or Mary Baraka and Sonia yeah. Sanchez and all that stuff. And uh, after you get so far with copying, you have to do something, you know, by yourself, which was kind of the joy of the bookstore. So I got to study how to get the hell out of impersonating everybody else. Now, did you have support from your family? No. Did you? Okay. For what? Oh. This is this is like a hard conversation. Like I, I wouldn't be able to tell my parents at the time, you know, that I'm going to be a poet and rapper. They'd worry. Oh, well, <laughs> my mom was like, "You're not 
You need to figure out how to get further in the management. You know, it's like there's no such thing as that. I know, you know, I was what just is, like, yeah, yeah, yeah there's so, no such thing. They're like, like no, uh, creatures from outer space. Of course, you're an alien. Yeah, and an unwanted alien. Yeah, you know, this is not a Spielberg movie. No, you are not welcome. Like, like what you were trying to do and achieve is even more foreign than trying to be an actor because oh, yeah. it's more niche. Right. Right, and the the, mean, the the niche that you get into, because there's ways to do uh, poetry and rap and supposedly be, you know, um, successful, right? So you just follow the trends. Like yeah. Everything. If you don't follow the trends, you might as well, you know. You're just in your own universe. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but it's kind of like it's kind of like madness. It's a little like madness. I mean, mm -hmm. because how are you gonna how are you gonna eat? You how know? are you gonna eat? How are you, you gonna get people eat. to listen to your work? Right. What do you have to do? How do you pitch it? What's the purpose of that work if you can't? Yeah. What's the purpose? Uh, yeah. That's if, the thing. If you can't showcase it. Yeah. And even when the people who are trendy and become you know very financially successful, they all get to the point where they're like, "What is the point of this anyway?" Yeah. So then you have to have some sort of experience to draw on that gives it a point. Otherwise, you get lost in the soup. You yeah, know? yeah. So. So, but you're following the trends, you know. You're, you're, <laughs> I don't mean to say because you're definitely not a follower. That's for fucking sure. But you're you're smart about it. You know, you want to you want to get to that second base. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And, and grow. Well, then also, you, you know, when you strike out, you got to study while you strike out. Right. Or why you just no kept hitting far for, yeah. for some of us. But a lot of people think it's just supposed to be success, success, success. It's, it's usually failure, failure, failure to the tenth power of success, kind of, you know. Thank you, man. Yeah, but no, you know how it is. No, seriously, I got it. I, sometimes I need to hear that. Of course, I think every artist needs to hear it because when you see it in the media, it's just people you know. are. Successful yeah, like how, and famous and perfect. Oh man, I can't stand whenever you know I talk to an artist, a very successful oh. one, and I say, you know, uh, how did you get where you are, or something like that. Luck. Yeah, it's not luck. I don't want to hear it. Luck is crazy. I guess if luck means you were crazy enough to keep failing, yeah, or you had some faith that eventually you stopped failing, but you know, this is about failure. So what is it in you? Like, what what was that driving force? So you. Did you feel that you just knew, like, to just stick with it, just keep following your passions, and it was going to lead to this fulfilling career? Um, I think those, the time at the bookstore, um, in the books I was, I kept reading were encouraging. Ah. But it wasn't because they were supposed to be. It was because you're reading something and you're identifying because your life is awful. Though you're in denial, so you never say it was awful. You don't, don't say it out loud. Yeah, never, never. You don't even let yourself think it much. Right, but these probably not, yeah. Stories about, well, see this thing, I used to work in the, I, I used to control the self-help section, the religion section, the poetry section, wow. fiction section, cooking section, all this stuff. So, you know, you're inundated with these little subliminal reminders all day long. Of how to improve yourself. Purpose-driven life. Your best life now, you know what I'm saying? Like all day, this is oh, you. Man. Boom, 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 boom. You know, and then yeah. you have like, so there's that, and then you have, uh, if you're in a circle of uh, other artists, then you get that inspiration, which is, you know, kind of weird when um, maybe the internet's doing it. Maybe the internet is making 
communities of artists more together. Because in places like New York, the communities aren't as tight as they used to be. Mm. You know. I think it's really important to be surrounded with people that are like you. Yeah, that are failing also. That, yeah, yeah, or not maybe not failing, but that you, you have a, a similar, you're from a similar tribe. Yeah, but, but by what know? I mean by failing also is that you, you have people who are going at it. Yeah, working you know, hard. They're and not accepting failure. Like, that's a setback. I'm learn from that and move forward. It's like cooking. You don't stop cooking food just because you made an awful omelet. Right. You know? Right. But if, if people don't have that, then you have to study the people who kept going, you know? And sometimes that awful omelet is really damn good. It just looked I bad. I know. It's just, just not the it right shape. It looked disgusting, but it was... So then get rid of the form. You don't need the form. That's right. Why does it have to be a <laughs> the ingredients. It's always got to be a half a circle. very nourishing. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a nourishing meal. Yeah. <laughs> you can make a scramble. You messed up the omelet, make a scramble. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, save it. So, uh, so, uh, so the five books, did you do that consecutively, the five books, or did that happen with time, when, books well, of poetry? The first two books took different times. So the first, I always had to travel to write, because I, you know, I don't know what it was, but. Yeah, what, what inspires you? Where do you get your ideas? Apparently Spain. I don't, you know, Spain? Some, there's something about Spain. Where in Spain? Barcelona, yeah. Valencia, Granada, yeah. um, Cordoba. Nice. Uh, but the first book was Spain and New York, and then the second book was Guatemala. Okay. I was down there in 2012 with all the New Age mystics. You cool. Know, the, the transcendence is occurring. Okay. <laughs> Let's <laughs> go transcend. Yeah, that's right. What's and, this about? And, and you know you? what it's about? Mm, hustlers. <laughs> and saying that yeah. saying you were there. Those you know, great but, actors. The, and the, you wrote a book though. I mean, yeah, that's badass. Yeah, yeah. But the, 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 you know, and then Italy. I mean, I don't know. Something about traveling when you're away from what stops you from writing. You could, you know, express yourself. It's just how free do you feel? Well, uh, you obviously are an avid traveler. I mean, you're, yeah. you're a world traveler by, yeah. by your bio. I mm -hmm. mean, you've done, you even had sh shit happening in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. I mean, so how- but I didn't did, go there. Oh, you didn't? Okay. Yeah, I met but her in New York. You were featured there. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you, uh, you had done um, uh, ballets. You wrote a ballet. Yeah, I co-wrote. How, how do you co-wrote a ballet? Well, there's this great human being named Asinta Vlock, and she's a phenomenal choreographer, and she, uh, she had read that first book, and she was like, we should do something. So first we started, I would go read poems, and then she'd do her movements, you know, and I was studying like Pina Bausch and oh. Bill T. Jones and all of them at the time, so I was excited. And then she was like, why don't we write a whole thing together? I was like, how does that happen? She was like, you write stuff, and then I put movements to it. And so we did this thing on Egypt. And I had been to Egypt, she hadn't, so she used some of my stuff. And then I knew the dude at the Met who does uh, archiving for Egypt, so we were using a lot of stuff. And then she took the movements, and then she took, basically the writing of it was like, that movement can represent this. So it's like a visual image for the science behind it. So we got into a lot of the esoteric mysticism of ancient Egypt. That had to be drop dead gorgeous. Yeah, it was great. It was and, fun. And creative and cool. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. It was fun. And then uh, the, the, brilliant. 
the the dancers were great. Everybody was into the uh, into the movements and the thing behind it and time. We were doing stuff with time travel because there's all this because mm-hmm. we mixed the um, esoteric stuff with conspiracy theory stuff because YouTube oh. had popped by then. So you know, hey, okay. Egyptians are aliens. Okay, what if they are? What kind of aliens? <laughs> you know. So we it's played great subject matter. Yeah, yeah, we played that and then we dealt with you know what happened to the ancient Egyptians. Her concept was that we were reborn and some of us are in New York and da da da. So we wrote that in. It was fun. And and so did the musicals have the same theme? You've also written several musicals. Is that a similar situation where it was rap inspired? And, rap, singing, and then, yeah, and the improvisation. We mainly, the musical stuff is you write the chorus or the theme or whatever, and then you improv over it. Mm-hmm. The musicians did, so we, a lot of rehearsals. A lot of rehearsals, I mean. <laughs> Uh, it's hard to rehearse improv, you know, you're never going to... Yeah, but the, the thing is, is that you got to rehearse being comfortable and That's trusting right. each other. That's right. Uh, and, and, the, and the energy. And yeah, the and then rehearse the mistakes. Because that's the failure thing. Like, what yeah. are we going to do with this failure? Right. It was a failure, now what? And unlike in real life, a mistake or a failure, you can fix in art. <laughs> so we just be out there making mistakes. The whole gigs were mistakes. <laughs> Now has uh, so I know you know you were you were saying that your mom wasn't supportive in the beginning. Is she more supportive yeah, now? Yeah, of course. She, yeah. Has she seen your? I'm sure she's seen your work, mm-hmm. and she's is she just uh, mm-hmm. no? She's like, like that's the same stuff you did as a little kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. Which is fine with me. Oh, but, the, but some of those uh, musicals we did had a lot of uh, body tech. So we were we would get like uh, sponsors from um, uh, effects processing uh, groups um, that could do this weird stuff. Like so, we had things hooked to the um, heart. So you'd hit a heartbeat, and it was the real Ooh. heartbeat. And if you moved, lights oh. would turn on, and sounds would start. Oh man! So we were experimenting with technology because we loved the group we were in. The little everywhere Jacob's Ladder was. Um, we were all obsessed with transhumanism and mysticism. And what city was this? New York. In New York, okay. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is a lot of work. Are you in charge of the crew? Were you producing this? or mm-hmm. were you There was the... uh, Daniel Belker from Brazil. Okay. He had been doing this kind of stuff in Brazil, but okay. he, uh, he wanted like a New York poet who could rap, do poetry, and okay. improvise. Okay, and that's you. That's uh, Malik. So we went, we went very into this. we had tarot cards and stuff and we lit candles all over the stage some people were scared when they walked in we had like the kabbalah outlined in chalk chalk and yoga it was nuts people were like we can't be in this come on fantastic yeah so that was really cutting edge right yeah but writing for that yeah and and doing your thing and the other people because harvest works is a it was all about experimentation and stuff so they, um, everybody was in that head of how far can you go? Even if it's awful, what, what can you do? So we did it and using Max MSP and all this other stuff. Badass. And now do you do, so now you're in Paris and what brought you to Paris? Met a wonderful woman, fell in love, got love married. It. Love it. The, uh, and then the community artists out here. Is she a Parisian? Yeah. Okay. Born and raised. Okay. That yeah. helps. Yeah, it works. Yeah, yeah. And then, but the artists out here are nuts. They're, they're nuts about art and not about the competitive 
cutthroat That reality. sounds like heaven. Yeah. It's a different kind of hustle, or is it a hustle at all? Um, Just kind of even keeled and... It's kind of like... more genuine. It's genuine, and... Well, the thing, the other thing that's weird is it's not too many agents, at least in the tier I'm operating in. So no one's trying to impress the, you know what I mean? People aren't trying to impress like that. People are trying to figure out what they're doing. Because people don't really come to Paris to get discovered. They would come to Paris to fulfill genuine endeavors. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, that's my feeling of how you're describing it. Oh, yeah. and just, you know, from what the I ones know. That live here. Yeah, now, the ones I'm, that live here. When Americans come out to tour, yeah, it's something yeah. else. Oh, I bet it is. I bet they're annoying as shit. <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh, man. It's they're hilarious. They're trying to get it done. Get right, it but, done. You, but you can't be mad at them because they don't know, we you know. Don't, we don't know, man. Yeah, they don't, they don't have better. to be, you know, it's not, it's not that deep. People are going to chill, drink wine on the same, relax. If our listeners wanted to find your work, where would they find it? Like, do we, would we have access to your past albums from your... Yeah. Everything, yeah. everything is on my website. Oh, it is? The links to the albums mm -hmm. are on your website? Mm -hmm. Oh, the old albums? From <laughs> yeah, the, the old really? albums. Good Lord. Yeah. Okay. Not the ones from the 90s, though. Oh, okay. That, okay. Those are tapes. You remember cassette? You remember the yeah, underground rappers and soul I tapes? Mean, yeah, yeah, we had we those. It was the, yeah. the VS, uh, what was they? VCRs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all that. All that stuff. Oh. But yeah. Do you have any footage of you breakdancing as a kid? No, because that was on beta. Okay. Those days, but yeah, I mean, it probably was some. But um, yeah, the the I tell you what though, with the Paris scene, the it's all linked, so you could do all kind of stuff. So like in New York, the actors wouldn't really hang with the poets that much because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it was conflating gigs out here. The actors, actors and poets are at the same things. You know, like yeah. I, I, we did a bunch of Dada stuff where we were doing uh, okay. improv theater and stuff out here. It's crazy. You've done a lot. You've only been here for a year. Yeah. I mean, that, it sounds like you've really got entrenched straight away. And yeah, because everybody's open. It's just like, you yeah. want to come to this thing? Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, you are really awesome. That's what I they mean, do. They just, just ask you to mm -hmm. do stuff and you go. Now, what is a typical day for you here? You know, so what... You know, with the rapping and poetry and writing, how how does that all fit in your current, you know, <laughs> it, it, life? It's, it's like a, Facebook is an office. Yeah. You, those Facebook messaging meetings and then the Facebook phone calls and then the G yeah. videos and then we got to organize this. Can you make it to this? A producer will send a song and ask for verses. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody will ask to have something mixed or add keyboard. It's just, it's busy. It's busy. <laughs> right. It's busier than New York. New York was busy in a different way. But this is, you know. New York was busy in terms of... Uh um the business aspect of it like the the agents and the being seen and that mm -hmm. stuff and, and you always it, have to uh the like, competitive factor well the competitive and then the um the organization like new york is more organized like you sit there and you go through the schedule and we're gonna do it right. like this whereas out here it's like let's show up Let's rehearse. And just see yeah. how it falls. Yeah, it's like you get the rehearsals, you want a beer, fine. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's real relaxed. It's really relaxing. That's the difference. Are you in an improv group here? We we stopped. Well, the dude who ran it stopped it because we did. <laughs> we were in this thing called uh, Cabaret Voltaire. 
and it was based on Dada stuff. And the last gig we did, the gallery got messed up. Oh, oh. <laughs> you remember Gallagher, I bust, uh, so it was Somebody a lot of that, that happening. Oh, my God. And the gallery was like, no. And then Sorry. it was too many. Like, the first show we did, it was like 10 of us. And then everybody wanted to join it. And because of that atmosphere, they're like, yeah, come in. So then it was like 25 people at the next gig performing. Audience was packed, but it's like, this is too many people. Yeah, yeah. And we're all improving. Oh, boy. And so, you know. But it was that, then it was uh, La Bordel Poesy, which is where, you, have you heard of this? Uh, film, uh, refresh my memory. It's a, uh, a situation where poets act like prostitutes, but for poetry. Oh, go on. And so you go, <laughs> you make a bordello out of poets and the, the poet pimp introduces all the poets and is like. Oh, shit, just going on tonight? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, not tonight, oh, no. but it used to. And so you. <laughs> I want to see and this. It's, it's, it's poets from all over Europe. Oh, and, I could get into that. Yeah, yeah. And you go to these places and you present your poem and how much you cost to read. And then they take you. Yeah, they take you up to a room and you take them up to a room and you perform for them. Ooh, uh, that is sexy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that was the thing. That's big out here. Oh, in, I don't know about Spain. this. Yeah. Is that like just a European thing? I never heard of it that. It started in New York, but then it fell oh, apart. Huh. And they picked it up out here. It's in Spain, London, all that stuff. And Man, then, I got no edge. Yeah, no, like it. it's just, it's I know nothing about do. it. I was like, it's no. stuff they do. And then people it. dress up. God. So, you know, like, usually the woman get all of the clients. Oh, okay. Wow, this is fascinating, uh, though. I love the metaphor aspect of it. Uh, of the, yeah. We did it in Pagal once. It was a bit outrageous. That's so fun, though. Because, you know, Pagal is known for the prostitutes. For the lascivious So some of the customers of, yeah. didn't understand that this is, you pay and you, we read you poems. We're not going to oh, go up here. Oh, they thought you really were So you had, like, you had customers like, like, okay. Happy ending for another yeah, 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, no, no. So it was, it was nuts. Okay, so I guess there has to be somewhat security of Security Yeah, security. But it changed, so now they do it in like chateaus and whatnot. Oh, that's cool. And how did we bring this up? You're involved with that? You're doing it? I or? was involved with that. Okay. I go in and out of stuff depending on okay. my schedule but that's what i'm saying like that's the community everybody's doing yeah. everything how many projects you have going on currently like five you do a lot yeah and what are they like what what you got going on articles book okay another there's a so you're working on your sixth book then yeah that's the poetry book What's working it? on a novella i don't know what it's called yet oh, okay. there were titles but they keep changing and do you have an agent or like a, a mm -mm. publisher i or? have publishers that access i basically for writing i work on commissions so okay people were like i gotta write an article on ghostface first album that's what i'm working on right now okay for this uh so that's what you mean by articles yeah and okay. then there's like uh uh, publisher I asked for this many pages so I'm working on two manuscripts then it's two albums that are coming out that I worked on so with your band mm -mm, I don't even no, have a band oh, you're just, so now you're solo and you're gonna mm -hmm. do two albums why two no I, well I finished one for this okay. singer in Berlin okay named Khalil Anthony that'll be coming out I guess next year excellent it's being mixed now excellent so we have to keep listening to the mixes and stuff. And uh -huh. then there's another album with uh, the group I'm in, Madison Washington. That's, that's a new EP that's coming out pretty soon. 
So. Oh yeah, that's the one I read about. That yeah. I love. I just love that quote. Rap and poetry are synergic <laughs> disciplines. Uh, uh. So I mean, it's, it's so it's poignant. It's so poignantly stated. Well, it's like comedy and poetry. Is yeah, the same way. yeah. But a I, good poet will make you laugh. Yeah. If, 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 if I mean these depressing poets, God bless them. But yeah. I don't want to be in their head. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, it's a. It's just a. It's all subjective. Some people just really love that shit, though. But then you get those. Some, you, know? you get those certain comedians. Like, remember Bill Hicks was like, it was he, Bill Hicks, right? He's yeah. I I, I live by his philosophies yeah, yeah, yeah. though. And some people so hate him. Yeah. He's the William Cooper of comedy. Yeah. That sounds great. It does sound great <laughs> to me. I mean, so he has this uh, 101 of comedy and like rules of comedy. Oh, for I, real? I have it uh, on my door, and I look at it every night before right. I leave my apartment. And because it's, it's, I mean, I, I live by it. He's a comedy I, he, he Buddha. Was, he really is a comedy Buddha. Uh, yeah, man. But but it's funny how it's subjective, you know, like they're like Amy Schumer's like super sexual. You know what? And like a lot of people think it's funny. You know she does really well with that, <laughs> you know? And then like D Dane Cook is really energetic. Yeah, 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 yeah. People think that's really funny. Yeah. And, you know, but other people don't. So it's just, you know, well, well, different see, audiences. That's different funny comics. too, because um, when I first got to New York, I used to be around a lot of actors and comedians, and Chelsea Peretti was always around. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And she was totally different back then. Oh, really? Oh, she's brutal. Sarah Silverman and all of them, they were just brutal. Like, now they seem weird, but before, they didn't have the tact. And it was just awful. Well, they had to have tech because of TV. They're yeah, but, on t you know, right, they are on television programs Like, hanging now. out with them, it was it just, is. they're trying jokes yeah. on you. Yeah. And it's like, what is going on? So, watching... Um, That's neat. They, them and some other people back then in that improv in downtown that all that SNL people used to do, it was like, uh, oh, man, I, I just lost it. You know when you go in your memory and everything else falls apart? <laughs> but, oh, so the comedy Buddhists, we used to always try to figure out how to make it land. Because, you know, they, the, uh, the other actors would be rehearsing their lines for the um, audition in the morning. Because I used to be at this, I used to live with somebody who's now, you know, a Hollywood producer. But back in the day, he wasn't. That's cool. And his sister was acting. And we used to always sit up and figure out timing, you know. And just practice timing, which seems ridiculous, but it applies no, to everything. That's <laughs> it is everything. Uh, On paper, it can be the funniest thing in the world. Right, but the musicians but you, are thinking the same way too. Yeah, because you know, I hung out with yeah. a lot. I still hang with a lot of musicians. But it's always like ended before it's ended. It's like that Miles Davis Thelonious Monk quote, like right before it's supposed to end, cut it. So, well, we have to rap. This I could go rap. on and on because you, ha and yeah, rap, no pun intended. You really, you literally have to rap. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Um, he literally has to go rap. <laughs> uh, but thank you for being here. Thank and, you for having me. And for it, anyone who wants to, which I highly, highly, highly encourage you see Malik's <laughs> website because it's just filled with all kinds of goodies. It's like a candy store. <laughs> It really is. It's a candy store for the creative. And nice. uh, oh, it's just beautiful, really. You have so many like very, very intriguing projects, just fascinating. Um, I mean, poet, rapper, music producer, um, short films, like it goes on and on. Uh, you several albums, five books of poetry, going on six books. Mm -hmm. 
um, uh, you're a, a curator and host of, of several um, uh, <laughs> several shows here, and live shows. I mean, it just, it just goes on and on. So cool. So um, MalikAmirCrumpler.com, if I'm not mistaken. No, MalikAmir.com. Oh, pardon me. MalikAmir.com. It should be. I should have put my last name on it, though. Ah, Malik Amir is cool. So what, what is your ethnicity? What is Everything. It? Everything. Well, you know what's funny. Well, that's I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, my mother's African-American. My father's African-American. But my great grandfather was um, very mixed. Okay. And he used to pass in New Orleans. And the, hence the blue eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But they, you, you know, they were mixed with native with the Choctaw, Chickasaw Indians, and Irish, and French, and Italian, and no one knows. We're just mutts. But you know, you are, <laughs> you are everything. But so everyone's you're, everything. You're but everything. no, I mean, you know, it works. So thank you very, very much for being here. Thank you for tuning in. Merci beaucoup. Merci beaucoup.